Good morning, church. Um, I know we have children's uh, ministry, so if you're in first through sixth grade, we invite you to come over here with Pastor Susan. They have a class that is specific for them. And, and I really want to just thank our teachers, thank Pastor Susan. And I know it's a lot of work, and, and sometimes it can be a little stressful dealing with the new changes. So when you guys see the teachers, when you guys see Pastor Susan, I invite you guys to just thank her. Uh, and, and I just love to see how many, how many kids we have. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Frank. I am the college and young adult uh, minister here at Calvary. That means I get to work with college students, with young adults, young professionals, people that are navigating what we consider, you know, early adulthood, right? Uh, for some of you, you're in that right now. For some of you, you're like, man, that was such a long time ago. I wish I could go back uh, and, and, and deal with the with those things. And for some of you are like, I never want to be there again. But uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Frank. I mean, it's an honor to be here. I am married to my beautiful bride, Saida. We have a two-year-old that's going to be three in about two days. Uh, and we are expecting another baby in October. So yes, you guys can clap. All of that is an introduction statement and a prayer request. So be praying for us. Uh, we accept diapers also, but uh, it's just an honor to be here. I, I, I really thank Pastor Julio for giving me the opportunity to just share with you. And um, what I'm really most excited about is that I get to introduce to you guys a new series. We're going to be celebrating. Last week we celebrated Easter and it was just this grand party and celebration of God, that our God is not dead, he's alive. And we're just going to continue through the summer, through this new series on the, on the book of Psalms, on the different Psalms. And we're going to be looking at, at just this restoration and, and how even though this last year was, was a hard year, uh, we have a God that, that wants to begin just bringing restoration into our lives, bringing healing. And, and I really just want to, want to talk about you guys today. So if you guys have a Bible, go to Psalms 1. I want you guys to open it. If you guys have a Bible, like an actual print, you can like open it right in the middle and you're there. Uh, if, if you have a phone, it'll take you a lot longer. But uh, if we look at this last year, it was, it was like a roller coaster of a year. You know, 2020 with COVID happening, we, we unfortunately lost some, some loved ones. Uh, we had this uncertainty about work and, and, and a virus and and how to do church and being disconnected, or not disconnected, but just being able to gather with people. Um, and, and I feel that that year of uncertainty and just change was almost like it was recapped in February when the winter storm hit. You know, for those of you that don't know, we had a winter storm in February. Uh, Texas felt like Michigan and decided to freeze. Uh, and, and our winter Texans were not happy about it, but um, we, we went through this freeze, and, and for us personally, we actually lost power. You know, we were without power since Monday all the way to Thursday, and Pastor Julio uh, invited us to be his uh, number one Airbnb guest. So we, we spent from Monday all the way to Thursday with him. He, he cooked for us. Uh, he, it, it was really nice. I, I don't think I wanted to go back. Uh, <laughs> You know, it was like Thursday we had power and my wife and I were talking and we're like, should we tell them or should we not tell them? Uh, but, but we did, we went back home 
uh, and, and I was, I think that's where I convinced them to let me preach. But, you know, we spent this week and, and I felt like in this week, we didn't just lose power, but if, if you look at our, especially at the valley, you see how we lost a lot of crops because of the freeze, a lot of fruit, produce, citrus, it, it didn't make it. Uh, in fact, there's a, there's a quote by Dale Merton. He's a citrus grower. He's a president of Texas Citrus Mutual. And he says that 55% of the state's group, grapefruit crop that was still on the trees was, was a loss. And he say that 98% of the Valencia orange was at a loss. You know, that because of this hit, you know, with this much loss, there's expected shortages in, in, in the grocery stores for the next couple of months. And if you go, you'll, you'll see them. Um, you know, having farmers that are having to restart all over again and, and just this uncertainty on what this year and what next year is going to look like. And, and I feel that with COVID and, and 2020 and, and what happened, it, it's almost like we, that happened to us. You know, we had a loss. We lost loved ones. You know, we, we had this shortage of maybe even finances because we lost work. You know, maybe there was a gap of, of, of emotional, more stress because of we don't know what's going to happen. And, and I feel like our 2020 was recapped in this one week that a lot of farmers experienced where we're having to restart all over again. But I just want to give you hope, church, that we have a God and we have a Father that he didn't stop working, he didn't lose hope, he, didn't, he doesn't know what's going to happen. He knows everything and he holds us closely. And God in his infinite wisdom and in his infinite knowledge begins his restoration in us. And he wants to invite us to be part of that. So I want you guys to, Psalms 1, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, and, and before I go, the one key point, if, if, if I talk here for about 20, 30 minutes, the only thing I want you guys to, to like not walk out and not forget is to begin full restoration in our lives, we must connect with God's wisdom that causes us to bloom to life again. So Psalms 1, let's go. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and then and its leaf does not wither. And then verse, and all that he does, he prospers. Verse four: The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So, so when I read this, I like when when I like to read the Bible verse to give a little bit of context. And pretty much uh, Bible scholars or people that are way smarter at me than me, they believe that King David wrote this psalm, you know. And, and, and they place this psalm as the first one because it's almost like a preface to the rest of the collection of psalms. So it, it's a psalm that compares and contrasts. It gives a, like two paths, the path of the righteous, the path of the wicked. And it's really a psalm of wisdom on how us as Christians and as people, we are to live our lives in order to, to get blessings. So if we look at, at verse one, the very first word, it starts with it's blessed. You know, and, and point number one, it's blooming produces daily actions. And, and I just want you guys to, 
to see this word blessed. And I feel that the word blessed, a lot of times we use it in a way that it's, it doesn't mean what it means here. For, for example, when someone sneezes, you say, God bless you, right? It's more of a formality. It's more of like politeness. If they do it three or four times, you're kind of like, okay, like you need to stop. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's not what it means here. You know, a lot of times on Instagram or on Facebook, you know, we'll see someone use the hashtag blessed. You know, like hashtag blessed. So, for example, I know some of you, got, like, when you got your stimulus check, you're like, hashtag blessed, and you're really happy about it. Uh, I know I was. Um, but here, or before I go on, like, there's also, like, I, I feel like I see my grandma or, or my great aunt use it almost, like, as a way to throw shade at people. You know? It's like when someone says, like, oh, bless their heart. You know? And you're kind of like, like, when they see a baby... And maybe, like, they don't think it's a pretty baby. And they're like, oh, bless their heart. And you're kind of like, okay, uh, what is grandma saying? But no, uh, here, when we look at it, the word bless actually means supremely happy or fulfilled. In fact, in Hebrew, the word is actually a, pr a plural word. And it means to, um, it denotes to either multiply the multiplicity of blessing or the intensification of them. So here, the word blessed it's like extreme happiness, you know, or extreme contentment, you know. And, and what God is telling us, in order for us to begin to experience this extreme contentment, this extreme happiness, you know, there's some things that we need to begin to do in our lives. You know, that's why I say blooming produces daily actions. Um, and and, it, and it's in, in verse 1 and verse 2, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So right here in verse 1, it gives kind of like this three daily actions that most of us do. You know, walking, sitting, and, and, and standing. You know, they're the most common things that we do. And, and God is telling us like, hey, like in those three actions that you do, like avoid sin. You know, don't be with sin. And it's a result of what they say in verse 2. Which says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates on it day and night. You know, so because we love God's word, because we want to delight in God's word, our response to that is to not be in sin. You know, and, and this is where God in his knowledge and his wisdom begins to put this into our hearts and tell us, like, hey, guys, like, love my word, spend time with me, meditate on my word, day and night, you know, and, and it's going to cost you to avoid sin. It's going to cost you to reject sin. It's going to cost you to not hang out with sin. And this is the first part, you know, of, of, of this daily action that we need in order to be, bring restoration. So lately, one of our young adults, Emma, is studying to be a dental hygienist. So she invited me over to be one of her guinea pigs. Uh, in, in Harlingen, so she's, she's a student there, and, and I went, and I sat down on the chair, and, and, and she was like, whoa, and I don't know if it was a good whoa, or if it was a bad whoa. Uh, I found out very soon that it was, it was a bad whoa for me, but it was a really good whoa for her. Uh, so she smiled, even though she wasn't wearing the mask, I could tell she was smiling. She brought her teacher, and they were smiling, and, and, and they, they were working on my teeth. And I hadn't gone to the dentist in about eight years, so I knew what was, what was going to happen. Um, but 
they were just working on it. And then she's like, you know what, Frankie, I'm going to take some pictures, uh, you know, and, and I have some of the pictures. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but she took pictures and then she invited me again, you know, can you come next week? I'm like, okay. And then she invited me again after that week. And, and now I feel like I have this eight week plan that I have to go with her. I think I'm her final project, but she hasn't told me anything. Um, but it's Emma and she's working on, on teeth and she's practicing every day. She's working on becoming a dental hygienist. And, and what's really interesting is that she has to put in the practice. You know, she can't just show up to the, any dentist's office and say, hey, I'm ready to go. Uh, I have this paper with no practice. You know, she has to work on it every day. She has to do it ongoing and ongoing. And us, when it comes to reading the Bible, when it comes to meditating in God's word, we can't just show up and be like, I'm ready and, and, and not have any daily practice. And God wants us to do it every day. You know, he wants us to delight in his word every day. And my question to you, church, is, is are you doing that? Are you delighting in his word every day? Are you practicing it every day? Um, and, and before I go on, what I really want to, when we look at verse 2, you know, it, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That word delight is just so important. You know, I, I don't think that there's random words in the Bible. I think every word has a purpose, every period, every dot, every sentence, every paragraph is there. And that word delight is really important because we need to have delight in God's word. It's not just good enough to do it and to just have it a check, as a check mark and go on. We actually need to delight. We need to crave it. We need to feel satisfied by it. And that's something that we need to do. Um, and, and, and I have a friend and, and he says, I ha if you have great devotion, if you have great deeds, if you have great knowledge of God, but there is no delight that turns into legalism, you know, and legalism is us finding our identity in what we do for God versus finding our identity in what God has done for us. You know, so church, in order for us to bloom, in order for us to begin this healing process, in order for us to begin to restore, we need to also have delight in his word. You know, we need to go and, and see it and be like, man, I can't wait to spend time with God. I can't wait to meditate on it day and night. I can't wait to come to church and worship collectively and seeing how God can do it again because we have delight in his word. Um, so point number one, blooming produces daily actions. I don't know whose child that is, but uh, uh, it's mine. Uh, <laughs> point number two, blooming produces deeper roots. Uh, and, and if we look at verse three and four, uh, it says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he, it, it prospers. You know, if we look at, like if you ever go to a river, you know, you, and you see these trees that are close to the rivers, like they're big, strong trees that have grown these deep roots. They're not just connected to the river. I just found out in 930, they corrected me. But they've connected to to the water that's under the soil. Uh, but it's because the water is so accessible to, because of the river. And, and when we begin to look at, at us, you know, we need to produce and have a blooming that, is, that grows deep roots. You know, a blooming that the roots are so deep that when the freeze comes, when the storm comes, when the wind comes, we're able to stand firm, you know, and, and not fall over. 
Um, if, if we look at the trees that, that survive the freeze and the trees that are beginning to bloom again, you know, those are trees that have strong roots. You know, those are trees that even though it was terrible for a week for them, they're able to endure, they're able to be close to the source, to delight in God's word, to meditate on it day and night, and they're able to eventually begin to bloom again and, and give fruit, but they have deep roots. And, and I feel, church, that a lot of times we, we don't have deep roots. You know, we really miss out on, on God's plan for, for us, for our lives. Um, I, I, I guess I'll, I'll, just, I'll just be like real talk. You know, this is, this is going to be serious. Sometimes we say things on the stage that are not popular. Uh, but I only preach once a year, so it's okay. Um, and, and honestly, if you guys have any complaints, you can email me at Eli at CalvaryMcAllen.com. Uh, my name is Frank, but you can still email Eli. But, you know, I truly believe one of the biggest reasons why we don't grow deeper roots is because we treat church like a product. You know, we, we treat church like any, any other product that, that we do. You know, we live in a consumer mentality. We live in, 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 in a way where if we don't like something, we'll go somewhere else, you know. And, and, and like, honestly, I do it all the time. You know, I got mad at a Chick-fil-A lady a couple weeks ago because she put tomatoes in my number one deluxe. Uh, and, 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 and it's Chick-fil-A. So it's food that is like pre-blessed, you know, like you don't even have to pray for the food. They're, they pray for it in the back. Uh, but I got mad and it was, it was so silly because I can just remove the tomatoes and eat it, right? But a lot of times we, we do the same thing when it comes to church. You know, we, we don't like the music. We don't like what the preacher is saying. We don't like his shoes. Uh, we don't like the parking. It's too far or it's too close. We don't, like the greeters, are they smiling? Are they frowning at us? I, I don't know. They're wearing the mask. Uh, like, why are we wearing masks? Like, okay, well, we're not going to go too soon. But, uh, but yeah, like we treat church like a product. And, and when God is saying like, like, it's not a product. It's, it's a family. It's a community. It's people that are going to go and change the world. And you need to grow deeper roots. You need to get closer to the source. You need to delight in my word so I can use you to change the world. Um, and, and I feel that if we don't use 2020 or even the freeze as a wake-up call, you know, we're going to look into 2022 or this year or next year and, and we're going to be the same. You know, and, and I don't want that for you guys. I don't want that for your church, and, and we don't want that for you. You know, we want to see Calvary be a church that changes the valley, that changes wherever, you know, the ends of the world. You know, but in order for us to begin to do that, we need to grow deeper roots. Point number three, and, and I'll wrap it up. It says, point number one, blooming produces daily action. Number two, blooming produces deep roots. And then number three, blooming produces evidence. If we stay on verse three, on three, we see how a healthy tree that is close to the source with deep roots that delights and meditates in God's word will produce fruit, will give evidence of that. Uh, and it's verse three, it says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Here we see that any tree that you plant that is, that is supposed to give fruit, it will give fruit. 
You know, like that's it, 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 its purpose. You know, so if you plant um, I don't know, an orange tree, it's supposed to bloom in around April and then you harvest it in, in the winter. You know, if you plant an avocado from Mexico tree, uh, it's supposed to bloom in February or March and then you harvest it in, in the summer. If you plant a Christian from Texas, you know, we are supposed to bloom and we're supposed to produce fruit when, when, our, when our season comes, when our time comes. Um, and what does that look like? That, that's just evidence of disciples making disciples. You know, our evidence that we are close to the source, our evidence that we are delighting in God's word is that. It's the fruit. It's us making more disciples. And, and when you look at John 15, you almost see Jesus echo what is being shared in Psalms 1. So in John 15, verse 1, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bears fruit, he prunes so that it bear more fruit. Um, and then in verse uh, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Here we, we almost see like this, almost like this parallels between what Jesus is saying and what David wrote you know, a couple hundred year differences and, and how pretty much we need to be connected to the source. We need to be close to God. If, if we're not, he's going he's, he's gonna to throw them away. And, and there's a destination for that, you know. And, and just like the chaff, the wind blows away and the wicked, they, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But what's really important is that Jesus echoes this, that we need to give fruit. You know, our evidence for healthy restoration is to begin to bear fruit, you know, to disciple others. And, and, and my question to you is like, are, are, we, are we working towards that? You know, is there people that I'm discipling? You know, am I discipling my children? Am I discipling the people around me? You know, or, or, or am I not? Or, or, or you don't care? And, and we need to care. You know, we, we, there's a lot of healing that needs to happen in RGV. And, and we need people that are bearing fruit. Um, as I finished today, I, I brought this tree over here, uh, and it's a very pretty tree. And what, what type of tree is it? I can't even remember anymore. Um, <laughs> it's a pomegranate tree, I think, or I don't know. But I got the tree, uh, and there's a reason why I got this tree. For two reasons, actually. One, I'm not a farmer, but uh, I got this tree because my orange trees were like this, this tall. Uh, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't do well. You guys wouldn't see it. Uh, and then second of all, this tree was a lot cheaper than all the other trees. <laughs> so when I showed up, I was like, wow, uh, trees are expensive. But this tree, we don't know uh, how it went through the freeze or, or, or how would it experience. We don't know, you know, how much it suffered, really. We don't know how much pain, how much loss. If we had to prune it from the beginning so it can begin to bloom again. Uh, but what we do know is that this tree, with the proper watering, with the proper connection, with the proper care, you know, it, its purpose is to begin to bloom and give fruit. You know, and, and here, I have a grapefruit, you know, and we're from, we're from the valley, so we all know what grapefruits are. 
you know, and, and it's going to give fruit. This tree is going to give fruit that we're going to be able to eat, that it's going to be able to be planted to grow more trees. And this tree, when we look at it in a couple years, we're not going to look at it as a tree that suffered, as a tree that experienced pain, that experienced loss, that had uncertainty, but as a tree that is growing, that is bringing restoration, that is helping bring life back to its area. And, and with us, when we look at our lives, like God is going to look at us and he's going to say like, hey, I know what you experienced. I know that you lost someone that was close to you. I know that you had this uncertainty, but he's going to look at us and he's going to say, but because of me, because of my infinite love for you, because of my wisdom and I know how to bring proper restoration, I'm going to use that and I'm going to help you. And then in a couple years, people are going to look at us. People are going to look at Calvary. People are going to look at the valley and they're going to see how great restoration is happening because we're connecting with the source because we're walking with God every day. And that's what God wants from us. So church, just to finish, um, you know, just three quick questions. Are you willing daily, not just to spend time with God, but to actually delight in God's word? Uh, are you willing to plant yourself deeper in community, deeper in God's word, so you grow deeper roots that when the storm comes, when the freeze comes, you'll be able to endure it and not just endure it, but bloom again. And, and are you producing evidence of that? Are you producing fruit wherein people look and they see, man, because of their love for God, because of their love for others, they're able to bring healing to our area. I'm gonna invite you to stand church and, and we'll pray but just be thinking about that. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, God. I thank you for this church, Lord. I know that it's been a hard year. I know that a lot of times it feels like you're not listening to us, but you are. You have a plan for us, Lord, and, and I give thanks for that. I pray that if we need to come back to you and get closer to you, God, that we do it. I pray that if we need to connect and be in community again, that we do it. I pray for the people here that have experienced loss, that have had pain, that you just give them comfort, Lord, that you help them and that you let us know so we can come alongside them and, and just also help them. And I just pray for Calvary, Lord. And I know that we're gonna look back in a few years and see how great you were able to use us as a church, Lord, to be able to bring restoration to the RGB. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.